What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Welcome back. It's Action Movie Anatomy. We are here. It's Wednesday, and we are talking about the film that has been talked about as the best movie of 2018, maybe even one of the best films of the decade. We can't wait to talk about it. It's Spider-Man Into the Freaking Spider-Verse. We'll see you guys in a second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Action Movie Anatomy. Uh, oh yeah There it is That was sex right there Koi recommended <laughs> that we start with this song It's alright, you know I've, I've, used, I've used the sex joke before But it was just to get a laugh out of Koi It was, uh, it was a test to see if he watches the show He's cheap <laughs> like that <laughs> What's up everybody? Research. We're back, we're back It's Action Movie and Adam we got a special guest A first time guest Mr. Yeah. Koi Jandro So excited to be here man the Maybe perfect medley Yeah, I think this is the most appropriate person to have on the show probably in the world oh, other yeah. than P- Peter B. Parker uh, we I can have, get him on the show I've hung out with Koi a couple times one of them was at a screening for Solo in which he went to in full Deadpool makeup oh, he, had, he had half his like he was he looked it's crazy it's actually on my Instagram somewhere you can find this he looked like an actual insane person oh completely <laughs> I, I had I was doing makeup for Deadpool that was half the face like burnt and like the, the, the oh. cancer and then the other half was Deadpool makeup and I was completely painted and I didn't have time to go home so I was like alright Ben let's go to Solo Oh, so yeah. I went to ArcLight completely as Deadpool. Yeah, this is this is the who we have on the show today, guys. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Koi, uh, you know, tons and tons of superhero stuff. Currently the host of Heroes. Um, you were you did Popcorn Talks, uh, Marvel movies for a long time, Yeah, right? three and a half years. I was yeah. here three and a half years. Oh, I think wow. the only reason I, I left was because scheduling stuff. I right. loved it. Yeah, like Marvel Movie News was, was my baby. That's how it started. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're like one of the biggest comic book fans I have ever met. Of course, my other, my co-host, my partner in crime, Andrew Guy, who doesn't do any of those things. Well, I was just yeah, I feel like my, my intro after all that, I'm like, okay, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? What am I going to say? Uh, I got a new dog. Yeah. There we go. There you go. Nobody can top a dog. Yeah, I can't top a dog. So Snickers, the action dog. Yeah, we're going to, we're working on, uh, yeah. we're working on Snickers becoming the action dog. You know, there's going to be, there's going to be a whole campaign. My baby know? boy. What's Snickers. perfect is you and I have talked about so many different action movies I love and so many different oh, like, yeah. opportunities for me to come on the show and then Spider-Verse. As soon as I got the email, I was like, well, that just makes all the sense. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. What a great blending of our worlds. How'd you like that email you received? Oh, I felt, it felt great. It was, I was sweet, really, yeah, right? That was the opening. Like, when I got here, I was like, man, that was great. I yeah. like, I read it three times, just like, mm, that's right. I want to print this out. Yeah, Liam Crowley. It's our, a big shout yeah. to Liam Crowley on that one. We're going we're gonna to talk a little bit more about Action Industries in a second here, but uh, that's exciting. I'm glad that we got that reaction. Yeah. I knew the it address, but reading it in that format, it was a way better yeah. address. Yeah, I know. We both were like, we could just text him. We're like, no, <laughs> no, no. Send it out. Formally out. book the guy. Uh, so, guys, I am Ben Bateman. This is Action Movie Anatomy. We talk action movies on this show, and we are going to talk about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I know people are probably really excited about this episode. This is uh, the rare movie where I actually feel like even though the hype is what it is, people mm-hmm. still swear by its quality, even, yeah. even well after the fact. Even when it wins an Oscar, it's like, this is just that movie. Um, they, don't, they don't really come along very often. No, I mean, I honestly, I, I'll share my not real fist pump because yeah. it feels kind of cheap. My first fist pump was actually in the intro when he starts doing the like make fun of Spider-Man 3 dance. Yeah. And they have all like the quick clips and they kind of do the first introduction to Peter Parker and all that. I was like, okay, this is why people love this movie. Yeah. I can already tell a minute into this movie it's going to be sweet. Like I feel good. I feel taken care of. It's going to be fun. It's already unique. The art is amazing. Like all of that happened within the first 
minute. And yep. I, of course, was worried about the hype. Totally. You know? Yeah, it, it's, it was amazing. I think all the things you just mentioned definitely were, were some of the biggest selling points right when you start watching the movie. It's like you felt like you were in on the joke right away. Yeah. Like, you didn't, like not the joke, but like you felt like you were part of the story right away. You weren't having to like suspend your disbelief. Be like, oh, okay, Sony's trying to tell me a story. And even though this is a kind of dumb part of Spider-Man's story, I'm going to have to accept it. They were like, everything you think is stupid, we're, we're, with gonna, we're yeah. baking yeah. right yep. into this. You and, know? and that's the beauty of Spider-Man is, is Spider-Man obviously inspired Deadpool. And yeah. Spider-Man, like, Spider-Man and Deadpool are my two guys because yeah. of that similarity. But Spider-Man is just as aware of his ridiculousness, except for he's not meta. Like, yeah. It's the same guy that doesn't break the fourth wall and he doesn't have a potty mouth. Like, yeah. right. the beauty of Deadpool being so successful is Spider-Man was the integrity that built him. And this movie allowed us to have a Deadpool sensibility without sacrificing the heart of Spider-Man. And, and not being R-rated. I mean, he didn't yeah. have to get crazy. In a it was a good kids movie. It was a PG. kids movie. Yeah. It was a PG-rated film. And I walked out of there with, like, a huge yeah. smile on yeah. my face. Like, I felt like I had it was made for me. And there, you could show you know, it to anyone. There's anyone. not a person on this planet that can't at least see something in this movie. Oh, I agree. Absolutely. I agree. Have you guys done a PG film on this show yet? Yeah, I'm sure we have. have like, we? Probably Count of Monte Cristo is probably PG. No, right? it's PG-13. Jeff mm. Graham in the booth. Uh, the only instance I could think of is an old, an older movie, Jeff, like maybe one that came out in the 80s or the... Or, no. Is, the, is, is perhaps Men in Black? Is that PG? PG-13, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's PG-13 also. Uh, is there an animated movie we've done that's... We haven't done one. We've never covered a Pixar movie on the show. <laughs> I, I don't think so. Uh, guys in the chat, I forgot. I mean, we got our chat going. There's always great people in the chat. Let us know if we've if we've ever covered a PG-rated movie we have before. Covered We're just very curious. Damn near 200 movies, so I would bet that there's a PG movie in there somewhere. But guys, the rules for this show for action movie anatomy, the movies that we cover on the show are supposed to adhere to four basic rules. Yep. Now, rule number one is that the hero always plays by their own rules, and I would say Miles. Kinda, he's like rebellious, but he has to learn. Well, it's interesting because he's like the part of the play by your own rules and the rebellious part is just like being a teenager, yeah, you right, know. Right. And then the other part of it is it's like he's kind of playing by the rules of everyone else. The movie starts off with him like, okay, I'm gonna do what my uncle wants, and then I'm gonna get bit by a spider. Now I gotta do what Peter Parker wants, and now I gotta do what Peter B. Parker wants. I would and- argue that the hero of this movie is not Miles Morales, but it is Spider Man. Spider Man absolutely plays by his own rules. That, I like that. Yeah, I, I, take I think that. I think that that's spider the fairest and way. Woman. Yeah, Spider, the spider character. Yes. Spider people have their yes. own rules. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, rule number two, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people, beings, things, dinosaurs, what have you in the room. They do a good job with that because Kingpin actually goes blow for blow, which has always been one of the sweetest parts of Kingpin as a character. Yeah. Is that like, and I love how big they made him in this cartoon. Okay, I, I was, okay. Well, I got I got answers. All, All right. right, I just want to know. So you, you loved it, right? Yeah, it's amazing. I, I was just saying, I was looking at the tweet uh, on Action Industries on our Twitter. Someone was saying they couldn't stand the art behind Kingpin. I absolutely loved the way that they, they drew Kingpin. How'd you feel about it? I've got, uh, okay, this is a bit of a rant, and it's a bit of a name drop, and it's Please not meant do. to be, so I apologize <laughs> on all counts. Okay, so I was at the first press screening. I saw this movie three times before it came out, and we were yeah. just talking before air. And was, God was there. And, and, <laughs> no, God made the movie. I mean, is that not clear? <laughs> no, but I was at the first three press screenings, but uh, one of them, the entire team was there. Lord, Miller, right, right, right. Rodney, wow. everyone was there. So I got to see the movie before the world realized how amazing it was, and these guys hadn't had a lot of people seen it yet. So I think I was the second or third audience to have seen the movie, and they had experienced it when it was like in animation form. It wasn't quite finalized right, right. yet. So we were one of the first, so they didn't know what was coming. They knew they were proud of it. They knew 800 people worked on it. They had all that, but they didn't know the onslaught that was coming. So everyone rushed to go meet all the creators, and there was this long line for photos. There was this long line for autographs. And of course, Lord and Miller are Lord and Miller, so there was those conversations about Lego and everything else. So I'm waiting to talk to them, and I finally get up to Lord and Miller. like, guys, that was Sienkiewicz's kingpin, right? That was totally Sienkiewicz's 
Sienkiewicz. Uh, yeah, Bill Sienkiewicz, right? Now, yeah, Bill Sienkiewicz. I think it's Sienkiewicz. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Either way, he's a painter yep. that basically makes some of the most beautifully stylized art in Marvel Comics, but no one had noticed that specificity yet. It's so the sharp I, lines. I got to go up to Lord yeah. Miller, and they were like, you noticed. Yeah. You saw it. And I got to see these two nerds' eyes light up because I recognized the specificity of this character. So the line stops. We pull off to the side. I get 20 minutes of just like references of like the ultimate kingpin, I mean, the ultimate green goblin, the 1610 style of Norman, the way they did all the different universes. We deep dove for 20 minutes about which thing was from which universe, sound cues, how they did this audio version, how the animation shift. And the whole time they were just like, he gets it, he's a nerd, he's one of us. He's one of us. Seeing them just like breathe easy because everyone else was like there for a photo and I was like, Let's be nerds. Let's talk about the real nitty gritty. And that was the most I saw them as Spider-Man. They too wear the masks. They get it. They were just as geeky they as Peter B. Parker. So I got to see these creators be like, oh, this is going to be. And then the movie got an Oscar. So well, right. for me, it's been a journey of like, holy crap. Well, there's a wonderful style which which they portray that character. And, and you mentioned Sienkiewicz. And, and I think that in the 80s, obviously the Frank Miller Kingpin is great. Mm-hmm. And then you have a lot of the stuff that like, you know, you were getting in like, uh, what was the, what was the, what was that run, that Marvel run that was like inspired by a hundred bullets? And there's the story where Kingpin's got the hitman. A tangled web. Tangled web. Yeah, that's tangled the one. Web I was brilliant. just about to say yeah. that. <laughs> there's this one great the tattoo on his back. There's this one great issue of tangled web that I remember reading like a million times. And it's like literally a guy that works for Kingpin. Something goes wrong. It's on the news. Yeah. He gets the call at home with his wife. And basically from the minute that the comic starts, you realize that he knows he's going to die. He's being taken to Kingpin's office to be killed because he screwed up some piece of the business. And the whole story is like every bit of it. It's like he, he's in the car. Can I escape? He like picks up a knife. He's like, what am I going to do? He gets there. It's all business. Kingpin kills him. And then he's like, take care of this guy's family for the rest of his life, basically, is how the yeah. comic book ends. And that's the and opening arc. It's incredible. And like the coolest thing about it is like the people that understand the character of Kingpin, they understand that he's supposed to be larger than life, which is yeah. why in this movie, I thought they did such a great job of like, we're going to make him abnormally enormous but like, he's too he can, like he you can't actually ever show him getting in and out of a vehicle no. or something practical because he just wouldn't fit but he can go pound for pound with, with a spider-man yes yeah. that's can, how strong this guy is. he can kill spider-man with one blow yeah like that to me yeah. i was watching that was my holy shit moment yeah. like i lost like i knew I, I knew that he had to die right like i just kind of based off like what the movie was right and yeah. even when i'd seen the trailers i was like okay spider-man is the you know he's gonna die guy in this movie yeah he has can't have him in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Especially it's... a blonde Chris Pine Spider-Man. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so... Who yeah. I loved, by the way. I loved everyone's voice. I was talking about Kingpin. Lee yeah. Schreiber was so it's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like we're just geeking out. Yeah, right? let's, yeah. Yeah, let's, move, let's move through the <laughs> show a little bit. Is that not what That's the movie's about? That is the moral compass. So I think, um, I think it's safe to say the hero and the villain are always the smartest people in the room in this movie. Rule number three, the movie is driven by police, military, political, or mercenary figure. It's not. He's Spider-Man. Yeah. And rule number four, the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. I think the collider beam yeah. is that. Yeah. There are are so many explosions yes. in this movie. Uh, and really quickly want to give a quick shout out, especially because Mark Ballantyne is here in the chat for the very first time. Mark Ballantyne and Tim Welch, thank you so much for being patrons. We salute you. We salute you, man. Men, people, Men. spider people. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so we're, we're going to talk about some cool stuff today. Coming up on the show today, we're going to be answering some of your AMA questions. We have a, a contest winner from something we did on the Action Industries Instagram. We'll talk about industries in a minute. We'll be going through our top three favorite animated films, non-Pixar, of course, because we talk about Pixar far too much. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to get straight into the show. So normally we would show the trailer. <laughs> Unfortunately, YouTube has made that impossible. So yeah. we aren't going to show the trailer, but it's okay. 
We are going to get into the first part of the show, and this is the thesis statement. This is your biggest, boldest thought about the movie. If this movie comes up at a party, this is literally the thing that you want to bring up. You want to say this. You want to drop the mic and be that cool guy that drops the mic and leaves the party. <laughs> this is the one instance where, like, there actually probably is an Into the Spider-Verse party that we would all love to be yeah, at. And there would be so many costumes. It'd like, we so all wear different Spider-Man And there costumes. would be so many good thesis statements. <laughs> <laughs> I would just be walking around with a microphone. Uh, my thesis statement, I'm going to hop in first because I am honestly the least educated, as you guys can clearly tell by the dialogue going on between Ben and Coy. He knows Tangled Web. I'm proud. That's dope. I mean, <laughs> he knows more about comics than anyone I've ever met. And for him, and you, I'm sure you guys could just talk for hours. So I personally believe that this is the best animated movie I've ever seen that is not a Pixar film. Period. It's so, just, I, I've never seen something happen in theaters. I've never seen an animated movie that's made me feel this way that wasn't a quote-unquote kids movie. Yeah. This is not a kids movie. This is a superhero movie that is just PG rated. That's all. And it's animated. Yeah. And it also then opens up the picture of like, you couldn't do this movie for less than like a billion dollars in like with real people, real actors. Like you yeah, could yeah, yeah. mesh cities and make buildings come out of buildings and like all that stuff was so incredible I think also it's going to be this jumping off point for animation moving forward. But for me, I'm just going to keep it real clean and simple. This is the best animated film I've ever seen outside of the Pixar world. Maybe even including the Pixar films. But I need to, like, pump the brakes on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to jump in. I have two that were so clearly opposite. And I wanted <laughs> I want to, to use... I because you said it's controversial, well, right? Yeah, I'm okay. very curious. I'm going, to, I'm going to tell you that I... My initial thesis statement was this is the most overhyped movie of 2018. Whoa! Let's that kill was, him! That was Whoa, my initial thesis. <laughs> but I think I'm going to pivot off of that because I don't know that explaining that actually does any service to how much I enjoyed this movie. I think I'll go on the flip side and say this is the most underrated movie of 2018, which is... I like that. And I can explain to you why I feel both ways. Um, it, it is the most underrated movie of 2018 in the sense that it is still being talked about as a great animated movie. Um, only a few people are really acknowledging the idea that this movie could have been nominated and even contended for Best Picture. Mm -hmm. And if this year's crop of Best Picture winners had this one Best Picture, I would have been totally satisfied. Same. Yeah. Um, I would even go as far as to say, I would even go as far as to say that like it's underrated in the sense that Black Panther was a great movie. But the Black Panther swing back when that got it nominated for Oscars was intense. It was, it was hard. People started to even, – even when that movie hit a billion dollars, the swing back was hard. People started to talk about that movie like it was an above-average movie, but it wasn't even as good as Infinity War. Nobody has talked about this movie not deserving the acclaim that it's – and it just won an Oscar. Yeah. Like this movie – and at the same time when I say underrated, think about this. This movie had a black Spider-Man in the lead. If they had nominated this movie for Best Picture, it still, like, socially fills a lot of the same role that Black Panther gets to serve as the first superhero movie ever to receive that nomination. One of the biggest reasons the world at large is okay with that is because of how much that means. If this movie gets the Best Picture nomination, it's obviously not the exact same thing. It doesn't have any of the African culture or heritage involved. Mm -hmm. yep. But it still is amazing. You have... You have a black Spider-Man in the lead of a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Like, in perhaps in the best Spider-Man Spider movie, movie ever. Yeah. And in comics, the, the, the kickback from that was insane and exhausting. Yeah. When Miles yes. debuted in the comics, it was so hard to be a polite comic fan going, what's wrong with you? Like, yeah. it was exhausting. And I'm, I'm, I'm Spider-Man. Like, it's my phone case, guys. Like, Spider-Man's my guy. Right. So, right, like, right. to have people hating on Spider-Man because of his skin color was like, are we really back in, like... 
this era of right, humanity. Right, right. So I love that the movie didn't have that same thing. I love that we didn't have the same problems we had when Miles debuted in the comics. Because I honestly was worried because, you know, 2018 was tiresome. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. It was exhausting. <laughs> so I think I, I, rather than saying it's the most overhyped, because there's you can make an argument for it being that way. Um, it's a great movie, but it gets it gets labeled as as great of a movie as it is because of how surprising its quality and success actually is. Yeah. Um, this doesn't really exist. You don't really see movies that are, like, su- animated superhero movies don't hit theaters, period. Like, that's just right. not a yeah. thing people do. So, like, Mask of the Phantasm gets to do that. Like, you don't really see it very often. Most of those animated Batman movies that have come out, they're, they're above average. Some of them are even great, but yeah. they're not this. And this came out in December. This also came yeah. out... This, this also, didn't come out in a weird, like, by... This came out above Christmas with Aquaman in theaters, with uh, Mary Poppins coming out, with Bumblebee coming out. This movie kept up in a swamped Christmas season. It also came out in an era where we're, we have good Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Right. That's the, that's the thing about it that's so surprising, is if this had come out when, like, there wasn't a studio making great Spider-Man content, yeah. it would have been a breath of fresh air. This came... This is the follow-up to the greatest Spider-Man movie ever made just before the sequel to that movie comes out. And he are, and he has an arc yeah. in Infinity War, which was like the best movie of last year, in my opinion. I mean, this is obviously, but you know. <laughs> so so my thesis statement uh, is going to sound like hyperbole because that's kind of what I do. Uh, I, I believe in broad strokes and I get a lot of crap for it on the internet. But I think this movie is so good that it doesn't just make people believe in Sony again. It doesn't just make people believe in animation again. It doesn't just make people believe in superheroes again. This movie is one of the first movie we've had as adults that isn't evolutionary to the genre. It's a revolutionary film. Yeah. This, this is a movie. revolutionary film to the animated genre. Yes. 100%. I think that when we look back on this, this will be Toy Story for the 20-teens. Like, Toy Story came out and was the first CGI feature-length film. I think this will be as big of a leap forward as... Toy Story was for animation, as Iron Man was for superhero films, as the line between adult and animation blurring with Pixar. I think this movie is that important, plus it incorporates Sony into the world of superheroes as a credible force. Last year, Sony released Venom, which made almost a billion dollars, and Spider-Verse, which just won an Oscar. Every single person with Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2 was like, ah, get rid of Sony, sell them back to Marvel, what are you doing? (laughs) And then last year, they were like, hey, how about let's just make a quick billion and get an Oscar, let's just do that, let's just tuck in. And that is why Sony now is a force to be reckoned with. And that all happened with two movies after they'd had everything fall apart after those emails, after being like, we don't know who Spider-Man is. After Men in Black and 22 Jump Street were going to have a crossover, this is how they clap back. (laughs) That's incredible. Fair enough. Men in Black and 22 Jump Street crossover. I got to tell you guys, speaking of Men in Black, I saw the trailer for Men in Black International last night when I saw this. this. It looks very bad. Yeah. It looks pretty pretty unwatchable. I was like... Wow, this if this is the best jokes you guys have and this is the tone that this movie's supposed to take. This is what you're selling to the audience that's already skeptical. There's nothing about this that feels interesting. No. This is like every part of this is just like why why is this getting made? And Thor is in it with a Valkyrie again. Yeah. Yeah, how, how does Thor and Valkyrie not <laughs> just the most like, exciting? Why, yeah. But like how, but how do you just not film them walking around? Right. Like, just do what what happened to make that not work? People are just like give us another Ragnarok. That's yeah, what I just want. Watch that I movie. That's what I, I mean. want to like, watch them their their coming of age story. Uh so guys, those are our thesis statements there's a lot in the chat but you know we're already halfway through our hour right now so we're going to just keep rolling through the show into fist pump moment and you know i already shared mine at the top of the show that's the moment where something happens during the movie you kind of look around you're either at the theater or you're with your friends you kind of look around you're like are you seeing this and if you are by yourself you call someone you're like coy you're like i know spider-man you're like jesus coy how did you know i was gonna call you <laughs> that is your fist pump moment 
you literally just described every conversation I've ever had. Uh, yeah, that's exactly. Um, I just yell Spider Man instead of hello, and that's yeah. how I start conversations. Yes, Coy, that's exactly what I want to talk to you about. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, what's your fist pump moment? So I've got two because one is almost unfair. Um, the the first one is the moment the comics code authority pops up on screen. Right. As a comic the fan, yeah, the yeah. literally opening frame of this movie made me go, whoo! Like, I, I didn't understand how it could exist. Like, I, you said, like, you walked out, like, this is just for me. Right. I was like, 87% of the population won't know what your opening is. Oh, no, I literally saw that comic code authority, and I was like, that nerd knows what that means. <laughs> a few people are very excited. Andrew, Andrew looked around the theater, nerds. Yeah, everyone, everyone on the edge of their seat, he's like, gotta beat those kids up in the way out. I know where my targets are now. But me being a nerd was like, this is, you get me. You're looking into my soul. You uh, understand. So that moment. so funny. And then I have to say, uh, Spider-Man Noir never really landed for me. So I, I, the moment everyone's gonna talk about is when he dives off the skyscraper from the trailer, because that's the moment that I watch every few minutes on YouTube. Like, when yeah. I'm bored on YouTube, I'm like, gonna watch it. I right. watch that before I go to the gym. Yeah. Like, that's my, like, I need to listen to Rocky, or I'll watch that moment. Yeah. So, that moment is, is the implied, but I gotta say, the moment that was personal for me was Spider-Man Noir never made sense to me in the comics. Yeah. He never really landed. Yeah. And the moment Spider-Man Noir's holding the match, and he goes, sometimes I let it burn down in my fe- <laughs> fingers just to feel something. Anything. Ugh. <laughs> and the moment there's that from Nicolas Cage I was like this movie just changed my life yeah and I don't know what it was about that moment but that was my fist bump of like it made me love something I didn't love before from Spider-Man I'll piggyback on with you there because my fist bump moment just is Nick Cage in this movie <laughs> so and, great and I'll be honest with you guys this is how sick of a person I am when people started talking about how great this movie was the biggest thing I was happy about was the fact that Nick Cage was in a movie that people liked again I was so excited I, I kept asking people because I didn't see this movie for a while people were like oh it was so great I kept being like was Nicolas Cage good <laughs> and like, yeah, but how was Nick Cage? Like, he's a, who was he? And, and the fact that they, the fact that they used him in this particular role, where he's like able to kind of poke, fu- kind of poke fun at himself, and he's got the, he's got the Rubik's cube. Purple. I don't understand what it is, but I'm gonna take it with me. Um, it just. It just was my favorite thing ever. He made me so happy. I loved the like ragtag bunch of Spider Men and Spider People. I loved the pig. Yeah, I like was Spider so Man's skeptical. Incredible. Yeah, I was so skeptical. And even with this intro, <laughs> when they did his intro, I was like, okay, this is this is wonderful. <laughs> this is so funny. It just was great. And so yeah, my I think my general fist pump in this movie um, was that. I think you know the other fist pump that I'll go with if we're, if we're kind of doing two is in that initial moment, just before Chris Pine's character dies uh, and he's talking to miles and he's telling him the importance of this key. And like, he's going to do this and you have to stop this. Otherwise you'll never see your family again. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it was the first moment in the movie where like the emotion of it really got me. It yeah. was like, this is like what you want yeah. in superhero movies. This is, this is the kind of thing you want to feel. You want the stakes to feel very real. You want to love the characters. If you're going to lose them, uh, believe in them under like, you believed he was so good. You believed that Chris Pine's Spider-Man was everything yeah. you want Spider-Man to yeah. be. He was such a hero. You felt like he was such a hero. He was perfect. He was the perfect Spider-Man. He was still doing all the jokes and having yeah. fun and being like so graceful and acrobatic and badass. And, and he's beating up on the ground and he's like, I always get back up. And you're like, yeah. you're not getting back up. Yeah. You're like, but you're going to fight till your last breath. And that's Spider-Man. Yeah. And that's the beauty of what they captured in 10 minutes. Yeah, and I mean, there's, you know, because there's all those very famous Spider-Man frames uh, and I, I don't remember which issue of the original run it is, but it's the one that's been referenced so many times when he's got the stuff above him and he sees the picture yep. of Ant-Man yeah. and, he's, and he's lifting the stuff up, right? Like that epic strength yeah. that they reference in Homecoming. I'm pretty sure, sure he yeah, does yeah. it when he's on the ground there. It's um, my favorite cover. It's Amazing Spider-Man 33. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Steve okay. Ditko, it's gorgeous. And, uh, and like, got him! Yeah. Nerds! <laughs> 
But like, there's that strength and that resolve to always get back up that they make reference yeah. to right away in the story. And that moment really landed for me. Yeah, and, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, that moment is, is so iconic to Spider-Man because it captures so many themes in one image. And I think this movie didn't have to use that image so directly, but still captured. Like, we referenced it just now without it being a frame for frame. Yeah. And I think that's what they, the filmmakers knew who Spider-Man was to such a level that that was an opportunity. The ripped to, mask. Yeah. 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 What do you uh, got, Drew? Uh, well, I was going to say, there's so many in the chat here. Liam Crowley's talking about when he finally jumps, he finally takes the leap of faith, and then the camera flips upside down with What's Up Danger playing. That yeah, was yeah. super awesome. Paul Denuso when Miles is carrying the computer, and Peter B. Parker catches up. He's like, good news, kid. You don't need the monitor. That's yeah. a great moment. <laughs> uh, and then Liam Gilpin says, kind of weird, but mine was when Spider-Man died. I was like, oh, shit. I'm just like a punch to the stomach, but it was great to see how high the stakes were. My fist pump moment and my explosion of emotion it's something that we did on the show for a while uh it's when his dad goes get up spider-man yeah i like oh yeah, i was yeah, yeah. like so hyped i love that he, that he could hear him i love that he was there i love that his dad is a cop and yeah. they're kind of trying to work together now but that moment where he said get up spider-man when it was like kingpin was going to town on yeah. him he was just beating him senseless and he's like a little kid. You felt bad yeah, for him. You yeah, know, yeah. he was a child. But his dad was there watching. In yeah. that moment for me, I just like, I lost it. I, yeah. like, I like looked around to see if anyone else in the theater was like <laughs> as stoked as I was. They weren't. Dude, the, the scene through the door with his dad talking to him when he's webbed to the chair. Is, yeah. oh, that captured yeah. more emotion than most movies last year. Oh, for sure. Like, I teared yeah. up. I 100%. I teared up numerous times. this When they all went and met Aunt May and like, yeah. you know, just like what she said. Just everything. She was so perfectly drawn yeah. and acted by Lily Tomlin. And yeah. everything that was written for her was so wonderful like this movie was damn near perfect yeah the closing credits of this film are better than most superhero movies and i do a superhero show yeah like (laughs) like, this is an insane film yep um so guys we are belaboring our love for spider-man a (laughs) lot uh so we're gonna kind of move through here relatively quickly with the the next bits of the show so we can be as interactive as possible and, and get our segments done um so next up we have star profiles Shamik Moore kind of a newcomer The Pretenders in 2018 mm-hmm. Dope in 2015 and The Watsons go to Birmingham in 2013 on TV 11 episodes of The Get Down not exactly uh, lighting it up right now this is this is a brand new step for Shamik Moore and I think it's going to be a big one. Oh yeah I mean like when I was looking him up to do this it was like CAA signs a new star you know Shamik Moore and then it's like he will be the voice in the new Into the Spider-Verse movie so it's like this movie just wins an Oscar he's the lead voice CAA signed him he's going to be huge massive yeah, he, yeah. did you guys see Dope no. no, but it, I heard he was great. It on was it. in my top five that year it came yeah. out. Like Dope was the movie that I was gunning for. Um, I just worked. Uh, Kelsey Clemens is in that. She's incredible. Uh, and and she was talking about it like, yes, yeah, this like '90s hip hop movie. And I was like, that sounds awful. Like as far <laughs> as the tone, like I didn't think they'd capture it because yeah. right. you hear someone describe something as '90s hip hop, that's like one of those buzzwords. You're like, mm, yeah, 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 right. Really and bad. then I watched it. I was like, oh, they actually did a '90s hip hop feel. Like it, the movie felt like what it was like in the '90s being a hip hop head. It felt like that era of West Coast sensibility and all the moral. Comp- were brilliant and then the last act is so directly like this is the moral compass you need to find that it feels like if any lesser filmmakers to handle it it would have felt like an like an after school special right but since it's so good the whole time you're like oh i just need to fix my life like the movie <laughs> is one of those that makes you like i need to be better as a man really? and it's so incredible and the pace is frenetic and crazy shamik moore was a breakout and what's funny is when i saw it back in 2016 15 i started hearing miles and shamik's voice then 
Huh. So then when he got cast, like when I read comics, a lot of times I see faces and hear voices, which yeah. might be a sign of psychosis. But uh, <laughs> Shameik Moore suddenly became my Miles. And then later on, he wrote down in his like journal, his goal journal, I want to play Spider-Man. He wrote oh, that after Nope. And wow. now he's playing Spider-Man. So like the, the, to the fact this all came together for me, sorry to derail, but that, that no, it just means everything to me. It's perfect. We'll just skip production development today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Corey's got it all. Uh, and then Jake Johnson on the other side. This is super cool. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of Jake Johnson. It's really nice to see him kind of like breaking through. He was Peter B. Parker, the yep. voice of. He was in Smurfs The Lost Village in 2017, The Horrible Mummy in 2017 yeah. as yep. well, and also he was uh, badass in, in Tag. Tag. Yeah. I love Tag. He was really great I like Tag. kind of really love Tag. I did too. Tag's it was fun, super man. fun. Yeah, we pulled the picture from Tag actually of him and Renner. Dude, Jeremy Renner in Tag is so much fun. He's, he's so great. He's playing the same character he plays, but he's finally like, yeah, no. And yeah. I yeah. love that. Like, yeah. the, the fourth wall break, like, yeah, I was in Hurt Locker and SWAT. Yeah. Like, I love that. <laughs> yeah, he's uh yeah, Tag, so he's great. Jake Johnson, the mummy, obviously, he gets bitten by the spider or whatever early and turns into like the weird thing or whatever the f- Oh, is that him? He's like he, he's like the sidekick friend yeah. at the beginning of the movie. Oh right. That movie is so bad. Movie is also, atrocious. Fun fact about uh dope, Tony Revolori is the third lead, and Tony Revolori plays Flash in Homecoming, so Shameek Moore and Tony Revolori have already teamed up. So there's a Flash Miles movie out there for you guys. Look at that. I don't even know if I kept up with that. <laughs> I don't think I ever watched the Smurfs Lost the Village, and I don't believe I ever will. Um yeah. but uh there was a ton of stars in this movie, obviously. That's like the two leads technically, but I mean mm-hmm. obviously Haley Steinfeld is like she's I love her. I love Gwen. her so much. I love Gwen in this movie so yeah. much. <laughs> I loved Gwen. I loved Bumblebee. So I, yeah, she can do no wrong in my mind. I mean, Mahershala's Uncle Aaron was awesome. Yeah. Okay, talk about a year for somebody. Jeez. Yeah. To what an Oscar film. I'm gonna get back up on stage. Best picture, best yeah. supporting, and I was a voice in the best. Yeah, best animated. Yeah. And whatever. Mahershala is a guy that came from like. He blew up and did all the blockbusters, and then he got really smart film. Like he was in the the Hunger Games and stuff, so he, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. been around. Yeah, and now that. it's like, oh, I'm going to take my time, pick my roles. I've earned this right. He's and picking like, so well, right? Like his now. team is perfect. Like, yeah, who, oh, like yeah. him and his team, like every single thing he's doing, I'm invested in. Yeah. And I think his performance as Prowler was really special because Prowler's such a not great. Like yeah, you yeah, can yeah. write Prowler really well, or you can write him really poorly. I love Prowler. I and thought yeah. it was awesome. The Uncle Ben twist in this movie landed better than the comics did. I don't know if you guys paralleled it. Like, yeah. Uncle, Uncle Ben being the mentor to Spider-Man because he dies, Uncle Aaron being the mentor to Spider-Man because he dies, but one's a good guy, one's a bad guy. Right. Exactly. So one is learned from what I did right, and the other one is learned from what I did wrong. Well, Prowler's yet another early 90s character who has, like, the Venom eyes. I mean, they're all the same. They're yeah. all the McFarlane character. It's all, like, Spider-Man and Venom and Deadpool and Spawn right. and Prowler. They all, like, have the exact same face, and so it's just another <laughs> character that, like, just... Yeah, that anyway. is very true. Uh, oh, sorry, I got a prowler brief. Yeah. Uh, Miles Morales is inspired by Donald Glover because Donald Glover did this thing called uh, Miles for Spider-Man on Twitter as a joke. It went viral. It was crazy. People wanted him to play Spider-Man. Okay. So what's crazy is uh, Brian Michael Bendis was like, "Yeah, we should totally have an African American Spider-Man." And My- uh, Miles became you know half Latino, half African American. But there's always been that connotation of Donald Glover because of that that craziness. Now what's insane is Donald Glover is inspiring to Miles in the Spider-Man Homecoming movie. They had Donald Glover play Uncle Aaron. So in Spider-Man Homecoming, Miles Morales is his nephew, so Donald Glover plays his own uncle in Spider-Man Homecoming, and then in this movie, Uncle Aaron is played by Maharshala Ali. So, <laughs> life imitating art, and in Spider-Man Homecoming, there's a scene where he's, he's webbed to the back of a car. The license plate says USM1, so Ultimate Spider-Man number one, which is the first appearance based off Donald Glover, where he's playing his own uncle. If anyone understood that, let us know in the chat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Probably Sorry, guys, not, comics. Uh, so we're going to move on. We're actually just going to skip right past production development today. A lot of really, really important people involved. It was written by Phil Lord and Rodney Rothman. It was directed, actually, by uh, Bob Preschetti. Peter yep. Ramsey and Rothman as well was in there. And, of course, Avi Arad had his hand in 
producing. Yep. Um, critical and box office, $90 million to make, which is actually incredibly cheap for, you know, like I was saying, if this movie was going to be yeah. practical or, like, look real with real actors, it would be $900 million. Uh, December 14th, 2018 is when it was released. It grossed $185 million domestic, 174 worldwide for a grand total of $359 million. Opened number one at $35 million. And uh, this movie is an 8.6 on IMDb. It's number 30. The 30th best movie of all time, even though it's been out for two months. That's a hard one. Uh, I always argue with this list because I think it's obvious the recency bias is so strong. But uh, I don't know. This movie is pretty great. And it's it, – I think before the camera started rolling, I did call it the, the uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit of superhero movies. And it right. kind of <clears> is. <throat> and, and that movie has gone down as like one of the all-time great movies for a lot of people because of what it did for animation. It's possible that this movie ends up settling somewhere – very high. I think 30 is a little aggressive, but I mean, if this movie ends up settling in the top 100, I don't know if that's totally wrong. Like, it's, I don't know if Yev is right, but it's a right. unique enough, it's a unique enough product that maybe it deserves it. I mean, I, yeah, yeah time, I, time will tell. I think it should live in the top 50. I think that's fair. I um, think so. I mean, I, I could definitely see top 100. If it's in the top 50, I won't be upset about it at all. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I think you're correct in your thesis saying that this is going to be that moment for animated films that are not, like, animated family films moving yeah. forward. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes is changed. It's changed. You guys can read about the news somewhere else. But <clears throat> now there's just a tomato meter and the audience score. So there's only two scores now. And you can no longer make comments about movies that haven't come out yet, thank God. Because why was that ever a thing? Uh, anyway, 97% on the tomato meter, 94% from the audience. Seems very appropriate. Yeah. Seems fine. Fine. I'm fine with that. Um, so we have, it's actually only uh, 42. So we, Jeff Graham up in the booth, are you there, my friend? Or is it Marissa up there? It's Marissa now, I think. Hello, Jeff. Hey, Marissa. Marissa. What's happening? Are, we just want to know, do we really quickly, do we have a uh, capped heart out at three or do we have a couple minutes after? Just want to make yes, sure. Yes, three. We do. Okay, okay cool. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So I think let's get into favorite line and then depending on where we're at, we can see kind of which of the segments we want to cover. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we definitely need to get to our, our AMA question from our, our good friend. So yeah, what's your guys' uh, favorite line? <clears throat> Cool. I got two fairly obscure ones because I feel like the, a lot of the main ones get quoted a lot, and I want to give some love to the obscure. Yep. Um, I loved... Is he allowed to say that legally? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> because that was one of those moments where it, it the whole movie had been so self-aware, but that was the, one of the first times yeah. I was like, they're talking to me. Yeah. And I really liked that a movie about interdimensional travel could almost imply that we're one of those dimensions. Yeah. I like the idea that there's a, a world out there where right now Tom Holland is also one of these Spider-Man 2. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that moment gave me that. Uh, and then I also liked uh, when they're going around, he's like, no, no, I totally understand for me it was my uncle ben and then spider-man noir goes for me it was my uncle benjamin (laughs) (laughs) that summarizes so many moments of that movie and such a summation of so many characters and just for me it was my uncle benjamin so good uh for me (laughs) i'm gonna go with i love so so like we get the we get the normal i'm a kid in middle school or high school talking to a girl that i have a crush on i'm gonna say awkward things right we've seen a million times what i love is that then she does it and she does the exact same thing because rarely does the girl do the exact same thing back to the guy character in those situations. Right, right. right? She's like, Gwanda, it's South African. <laughs> or actually, like, and she's like, I'm not. I'm it's not. Wanda. It's, it's not Wanda. <laughs> like, that whole interaction to me was so funny. Um, I just, like, loved it. I it, I couldn't get enough of it. And their relationship, you know, the movie ends when you hear her voice for a second. So I'm assuming there will be a sequel. And I'm assuming we'll get to see that relationship. God, I hope so. Expanded, right? there's, a, there's a sequel and there's a, a Spider-Gwen spinoff already in the works. So oh, there's a, there's a female Spider-Woman movie where I assume we're going to get Mayday Parker and a bunch of the other she like, was incredible... so badass in so, this movie. I think there's two on the way. I, I loved, loved her so I was much. a big fan, yeah. yeah. Uh, I love. I also love that all of our lines are actually 
comedic. Yeah. Because I laughed so much in this movie. I, think, yeah. I also think that I was the guy in the theater that kind of, because it was like eight of us. It was an early showing. You know how you like, kind of need to loosen up the theater? Yeah, right. Like when the one person starts laughing, then other people are like, ah. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah. I was that, I sure. was dying sure. during this movie. So I cracked up when I was like, it looks like a kid dressed like Spider-Man dragging a homeless corpse behind a train. <laughs> I just died. It's like, I love this at homeless corpse because it was like a PG movie and you're like, that was kind of pushing the boundaries of like, right, right, right. you know, kids and what, I don't know why, but that line, I died laughing. I thought it was so funny. Um, so yeah, that that is my favorite line. Awesome. Uh, so guys, we are going to continue moving in, in, into AMA questions here. Um, I want to talk AMA questions. I want to talk action industries. If we get to Pixar, we will. If not, sorry, uh, animated movies. We uh, are doing another show this week, and that show is going to be a discussion of animated movies yeah. on the Action Guys on the Collider Podcast Network. So if we don't get to it here, guaranteed, there'll be conversations about it there. Um, so let's get into AMA questions. Yeah, I'm going to hop in here. So uh, we got like 70-plus people in the chat, guys. We would love to answer your AMA questions on the show today, but there's a better way to do it. Eric Rodriguez, if you go follow us on Instagram at Action Industries, we would do like uh, contests once a week, and the winner of that contest gets to have their uh, question answered live on the show. Eric Rodriguez, or Nerd Chronic, Nerd if Chronic you guys know him. Talented, talented video editor that we know him as. Yeah, he answered that the uh, the clip from the movie was from Minority Report, and his question is, what other characters slash worlds, comma, comic book, or otherwise, do you think could be visualized as creatively with the same style of animation? Mm. Um, I'm actually going to probably just let you boys take this. Is there... Any specific, because you guys know comic books better, obviously. You guys, you know, you've seen the movie so many times. What would you guys love to see kind of reimagined like this? Iron Man? No, the best one is Batman. Batman. Batman's far and away the one that has the same level of depth as Spider-Man, where you have everything from, like, and it's honestly been done a little bit. There's a comic book called Planetary. I don't know if you've ever read yeah, it. Yeah, I love Planetary. It's like probably my all-time favorite comic. Yeah, I read that like yeah. so many times. <laughs> Frank Quiley, right? Uh, no, it's uh, it's Warren Ellis and um, John Cassidy. Oh, that's um, right. Cassidy looks a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was like a it was a weird series where basically it was a passion project that took like five years to release 26 issues. Like he would take like nine months between issues sometimes. But the point was he took the whole concept of established properties, like everything from Sherlock Holmes to Batman to like, you know, uh, Godzilla. And he would do these episodes where like the secret archaeologists of the world, this team, would go somewhere and one issue would be them discovering this piece of pop culture history. So like you, one issue, they're fighting Sherlock Holmes. Another issue, it's like old Tokyo like ghost movie shit, like stuff you'd recognize and it's all done in that style. Tarzan, whatever. So one of them is Planetary Batman. And it's they go interdimensionally through a bunch of different eras, and you're meeting Adam West Batman, you're meeting the 1970s Neil Adams Batman. But it's meeting, all more adult. Like this book's like the edgier side yeah, of all this stuff. Like it's you're meeting animated series Batman. They're all showing up and they all have like a different feeling and all <laughs> of it. So it's it's very much like this movie, except with Batman. And it's really charming because now at this point you have the same level of depth that Spider-Man has, where there is Batman Beyond, there is mm-hmm. Nightwing, there's animated shit, there's the classic Adam West stuff, there's Batman with guns. I mean, there's there's uh, yeah. So many versions of Batman those. now um, that I think, and just and versions of Joker too, right? Like if yeah, you wanted, you could play with that just yeah. this year alone. You could pay homage to all the Jokers. You could make fun of Jared Leto. You could pay homage to Heath Ledger. Like there's <laughs> yeah. so much to do. So I think I think that's a really cool one. Uh, really quickly, just to reiterate what I was saying, Action Industries on Instagram, we do a contest once a week where you can have your question answered live on air. That's what that was to reiterate. 
I would love to see the Fantastic Four done this way ah. because it's been so bad in every live action version. <laughs> uh, That's a interesting take. Like we were like, yeah, that makes sense for the comic. You're like because no, been because suffering. it's been bad as live. So let's do it animated. That's that's mine. I'm just gonna throw that in there real quick. Uh, I I would say Batman Beyond. A lot of the live chat has said Batman yeah. Beyond. Mm-hmm. It, it lends itself beautifully to the style we're already yep, used to, but yep. more advanced. But if I was gonna go more to something we haven't seen yet, I think Silver Surfer would lend itself mm. really well. Oh, that'd be cool. Silver Surfer is a really hard <laughs> character to capture live action, which is probably why it didn't work out so well when we tried but it, it, it's something where you're doing a commentary on humanity from removing yourself from humanity yeah. so the uh, ethereal nature and the strange visuals and the cosmic aspect I think would lend itself better to animation than live action in general yeah. and as you traverse through space time you could really encapsulate the feeling of going through space time and you wouldn't have any issues with the uh, budget or the character right. design yeah. so I think Silver Surfer might even be better never to come to live action if they can do it in this style of animation interesting that's cool that's yeah. cool I, I like that uh, thanks for that question Eric uh, again as soon as we're done with the question here we'll kind of talk a little bit more on action industries but sure yeah. uh, so brett jones here we actually kind of answered his question he was asking a lot about the success of this moving and kind of launching the beginning of a cinematic animated universe um i think we're all in agreement that that will happen in some form or another because of this film so uh i'm just going to take that and we're going to move on to josh ryan josh ryan the mvp of ama question he's been asking them religiously for like three years and i love them they're always great I'm actually just going to take the first half of this question. He says, why are Academy members still hesitant to vote for animated films? I want to talk about that because, you know, I think this movie should have been in the race for best picture. It could have been. I think we we, we all yeah. agree on that. Yeah. Um, and otherwise, it's only happened twice, correct? You the, said Beauty and the Beast? Three times. Three times. 91, Beauty and the Beast gets nominated for Best Picture. Uh-huh. And then you have Up and Toy Story 3. Right. So three total. There might be one other that I'm forgetting in there since 91. Like, it's possible that another studio has one. But that was also almost 30 years ago. Yeah. So we can even just say from 91 forward, there's been those films. Uh, what do you guys think it is? Do you think it's because of this old, the old Academy? They're like... I don't want to watch a cartoon. That shouldn't have a golden statue. You know, like, what is it? The Academy literally, as they introduced animated, talked down on it. Yeah. In the award ceremony, they were like, you don't have to put your toys away, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, guy, like, these are movies for everyone. It doesn't, because they're for everyone, including kids, doesn't make them for kids. Yeah. But I think there's an, a connotation, an automatic connotation that animation equals childhood. But these people yeah. do the word. Like, have you guys seen the trailer for uh, uh, Life, Death, and Robots? No. no. Tim Miller and David Fincher are teaming up to do an adult animated anthology series. You're Literally, so excited. Heavy Metal. Remember Heavy Metal? Yeah, yeah. Heavy Metal's getting animated effectively on Netflix rated R from Tim Miller and freaking David Fincher. Our lives are about to change. And I think that as those things evolve, animation will be taken more seriously, but I think it's like comic books. For every 30 of us, there's one Bill Maher causing a problem. So I think once they die off, once we, as Darwinism takes place, then animation will be taken more seriously. Wow. I think the Oscars too, like, you know, if you look at this year's crop, right, so as far as we've come, we are also still completely in the dark ages with with the understanding of which movies should be highlighted because like obviously Green Book winning is a problem for it has, it has its own issues but then on top of that like when the big three movies are Roma, Green Book and The Favorite it's like it's not really reflective of what people watch as movies people yeah. don't watch those movies they don't right. care I mean I, it, it, I still haven't watched The Favorite and I got submitted press screenings to that movie weekly for like three months like I just didn't I didn't do it and and like I love movies. I watch almost everything. So I, (laughs) I mean, I, I like, it's just, it's, I don't know why, but I think that is the reason is that an animated movie is so far from what you just saw in 20 friggin' 18, uh, that that that's the reason. It's just the people that are voting are just locked into their old ways. Yeah, and it's and it's also so evident with critics. We talked about this last week on the show because the audience in general gave Alita like a ninety percent, right. whereas critics give it like a thirty percent, which is just 
again, you're supposed to be reading what critics are saying so I know what to go watch. That doesn't do me any favors. I think we're so far removed because everyone wants to feel elitist. I think there's there's a certain sensibility of like, this is highbrow, so I enjoy it. And right. Then, and then there's movies that do really well. I'm a Venom defender. I watch that movie going like, this movie's exactly what it's meant to be. It's not trying to be anything it isn't. Love it or hate it, you shouldn't be someone that just attacks it. Right. So I think critics are just, it's a slippery slope because there's the old guard and the new guard, and I think we're seeing the evolution out of that. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we are going to just move past it because I would really love to see that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that that's probably where we're at with it. So, jo- do we want to do one more, Brett Jones? Uh, no, we we, got, we took care of his uh, the first half of it. I mean, uh, we could do the second half of Joss's. Would you like to see a trilogy of films based around the, the portrayal of Miles Morales? And it sounds like we're going to be getting something like that. Yeah. At least a second, and then the spinoff with Spider-Gwen, and then I assume we'll get the third because this movie just won an Oscar. Do you yeah. think that a Miles Morales spinoff, though, it has to be marketed very, very well, yeah. obviously. It has to be, you know, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, like, 2, essentially, like, so yeah. people know. Do you think that'll be as successful as this? I think it'll be more financially successful, and I think if they take their time, it can be just as good. I just think that they need to make sure it's not... not I don't want another multi-Spider-Man discovering themselves movie. Maybe yeah. have a team of Spider-People, maybe do Moreland, maybe <clears throat> have them exploring another uh, other realms. But if you just do, like, there's another reason these worlds are colliding, it's going to feel too familiar. Oh. But the benefits of this are the team aspect. So you need to find a way to do a team story without it feeling like it's a rep- rep- repetitive. Gotcha. I feel like probably the way to do it is you have to reopen the portal somehow mm-hmm. and go to each of their worlds for some uh, part of it. that's cool. And I think that's how you get the mileage. Maybe you don't go to every world, uh, sure. but I think that's how you get the mileage out of that same story. And I think that that's interesting. It feels a lot like Back to the Future 1, Back to the Future 2. You could probably change it, just reverse it a little bit right. and get a very good movie. I think the third one is where you would struggle to get a really interesting story. Um, but then again, it's possible. We see good trilogies come out these days, so even if people don't acknowledge how good they are. So, me being the average Joe Spider-Man viewer, yeah. talk to me a little bit about the post credit scene. Did you stay or no? I watched for like two <clears throat> minute, half two minutes. It was very. It was like it took so long to get to it. But it's basically for those of you that don't know. I know. I want so you can actually break it down. A guy that looks like Spider Man with an angry spider on his chest comes out of nowhere and is talking to this glasses girl about going to Spider-Man, and then they're pointing at each other from that meme that I've seen on the internet a lot. <laughs> I love that that's what you saw. I like that makes me so... I've always wondered, like, I wonder what that was like for everyone else. That's what it was like. What so, was it? I didn't, Spider-Man I didn't stay for it. 2099. Oh, 2099. Up. And that is now... If I, I, saw, I even saw the yeah, chat. No, People no, kept no. talking about Spider-Man 2099. I'm like, what the fuck? Are they that doing? was my third fist bump moment. I just, I've already felt like I've overwhelmed the conversation, so I don't want to do that. So no, Spider-Man that's why you're here. You're the expert. <laughs> I've been called a shill 87 times. Uh, now, I don't even know what that means. The thing with Spider-Man 2099 is there is an alternate reality in Marvel Comics called 2099 where there are a different version of every character, all the major characters in the future. So okay. set in the year 2099. Spider-Man became one of the most popular. He is an awesome character called Miguel O'Hara, and he is a grandson of Spider-Man. And what's crazy about Miguel is his powers are way more aggressive. Like, he lives in the Nueva York, which is New York in the future, which is way more intense and violent. Spider-Man literally climbs because he has talent on his fingers he uses to climb up the building and he uses wow. them offensively so he will maim you and like slash you, you up you, he's badass do you remember when we covered predator 2 when we were talking about the early 90s version of the future where all the guns looked really weird right and oh, this is that as spider you guys were, yeah, this you is, were this saying is early this is an early 90s universe it's from like 91 and like it's 
it's the future, but it's like the 91 future. Right. It's very Predator 2. <laughs> so it's, it, and that's a perfect description. Predator 2 Spider-Man. Okay. And what, his costume is extra. Like, he's got a little like web cape. He's awesome. But what's beautiful was that meme gets reflected because that's the 1960s cartoon. Yeah. So he travels to Earth 63 because that's when that cartoon was set. And he's coming from 2099, which is what you open with the girl in the glasses. She's his Jarvis, effectively. She's his, okay. you know, helps him guide. She's a real person, but she speaks to him through the suit. So he gets sent back and then that's them doing the meme to reflect the whole movie. So, like, like what button. am I, what does that set me up for if I knew what any of that meant? Like, <laughs> do I watch this and I'm like, cool, that means that X is going to happen. We're getting 2099 in the sequel. But what does that mean? I mean we is that, get, like, bad? So is he sweet, bad guy? It's a sweet-looking Spider-Man with cool talents. So do you think he's going to be a bad guy? <laughs> he's going to be a good guy, but he's going to be, like, the Punisher where you worry about him making choices. Okay. Like, he, okay. he's the edgier, like, we can't trust him alone. Make sure Miguel doesn't do anything stupid. Got it. You're welcome, Internet. Yeah, nice. Thank I helped you, you all out. <laughs> so, uh, guys, there's one last thing left to do on the show, but before we get to that, that one good. thing, uh, I do want to talk really briefly about actually industries yes um so drew and i in the last couple of weeks have assembled an amazing team an amazing team of supporters of this action brand over the last few years we we read all the names that were helping us out with this stuff last week on the show and it's a yep. great team of people we've got people involved with instagram and twitter and helping us prep shows and there's a lot to look forward to so right now the biggest and best thing you guys can do is follow the socials uh, which is at team action show on twitter yep. and at action industries on instagram we're and posting every single day there's news hits we're, we're sharing action related news stories and you also should go to facebook and just click like on the action industries page yep yep click like on yeah on facebook i mean there's a ton of content coming out lots and lots of interaction and uh we're trying to take this thing global guys so take uh, over the planet whatever you can do as far as one of those things if you if you use one of those services get on board um this is a tease and we still have to work out the details but we should have the full version of our show yeah. um, the, the other show the action guys because the full video version went away we should be able to actually host that full version for you guys very soon um, again more details to come on that but I know a lot of you guys were asking <laughs> about it and it looks like we will have that yeah really really excited about that and last thing thank you so much to Jacob Patrick he's done some incredible incredible yeah, images yeah templating and logos we have a yeah. whole new logo it's awesome it's amazing. Um, yeah and again you know we'll shout out people differently every week but uh, Liam Crowley your email to Koi that booked him Dude, for the show. Totally, I was I was inspired. I was impressed. Liam's I in the chat right now. Liam, yeah. Liam, thank you directly from me to you for making me feel so special. Yeah, that's it is, amazing. It is exciting. You so. need to clip that, Liam, and put it on your resume because yeah. that is badass. <laughs> uh, there are three action movie categories, gentlemen. Totally ridiculous, totally legitimate, and ridiculously legitimate. Koi, I'm pretty sure you could probably figure out what that means. Where do you think this falls in that category? Ridiculously legitimate. The middle category. Yep. I, I would say it's it's too legit. I mean, too legit to quit if it was dope. You know yeah, what I, mean? I just... go totally legit. It's too it's too intentional for me to call it anything else. Right. It is totally ridiculous, but in the same way that, like, again, Roger Rabbit, it has that same feeling where every time that this movie went for it, it worked. The laughs uh-huh. were all intentional. There was no part of this movie where I was like. Oh, well, that was really stupid and silly. They, they right. swung for the fences there and they struck out. None of that happened to me. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I'm still going to go ridiculously legitimate because there was a pig. Spider-Man. <laughs> and, he, and they kept Fair. him getting bit by a radioactive pig. Yeah. Like, the, his origin story yeah. stayed. And at one point, he ate a hot dog in front of us. This yes, I always saw that. I was like, the and then, and then And when he actually fights, I love the anvil. I love the hammer. I was yeah. like, this is so dumb, but so amazing. I, I love that it was completely on brand, so yeah. I agree. But yeah, so that that is where it lands for me. Keep that. It'll fit in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. So now we have one last thing left to do, and that's called The Pigs. Wow. We never tell anyone about it. Yeah. We always want to see 
that face. So we're looking forward. So to much clip. is happening. Oh my god, that's going to be a weekly segment. Every time we have a guest, the guest we, we reaction, their reaction to the, to the pitch. pitch. Yeah, yeah. Emma, Emma looked like we were crazy people yeah, last Emma, week. I was like, oh. So uh, coming up this next week on the show, guys, we are doing Get Out, which I know is not technically an action movie, but it's an exciting movie, and uh, it's an awesome movie. And his new film, uh, Us, is coming out. Jordan Peele's new film. So we're going to be talking about Get Out. We yep. may have a special guest. We're unconfirmed on that. Working on it right now. Um, we are running out of time, so I want to thank everybody for watching. I want to thank Koi for coming on the show. Absolutely, man. That was Dude, fun. your knowledge is just amazing for comic books. Where, I don't mean to make you feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> Where can the folks find you, Koi, if they want to follow along with you or life, your career, exploits? Uh, Twitter and Instagram, at C-O-Y-J-A-N-D-R-E-A-U. If you're listening, uh, I host Collider Heroes on Wednesdays. Uh, I do a lot of stuff for Nerdist and Screen Junkies. I'm doing a movie fight this Thursday. I just got back from Amazing Comic Con in Hawaii. Wow. Uh, I got to sit down with a lot of the creators of this very world and uh, nope. check out all that footage will be posting on Twitter and Instagram since we're running out of time and, and I'm done shilling myself out. Also, go and find the clip of him turning himself into Peter B. Oh, Parker. Yeah. It's online. He gained 20 pounds to do it. Just type in Koi Jandro and then type in, what, Peter B. Parker makeup? Uh, yeah, Jody Steele, artist Jody Steele. It's on her page and it's on her YouTube, but I did gain between 15 and 21 pounds to uh, to be Peter B. Parker and get painted as him, and it was awesome. So you guys can find us at Andrew Guy at Ben Bape Media and once again at Team Action Show on Twitter. Go follow that. Thank you to everybody for watching and participating. Leave your thoughts and comments below. We'll be back same time, same place next week. From Bye. producers Bye. Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn, popcorn Talk Network, talk network. We, would like we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.